Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. RFK Refugees podcast. No, no, no normal music until DC United decides that they want to play good soccer. Soccer that makes us feel happy. Soccer that makes us feel joy. Until then, this is what you get. You get you get the doors and the end because it sure as hell feels like the end. Ted Meyer, John Hoffman, special guest, which we'll reveal in a little bit. We're going to keep the tension up. John, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I, I uh, luckily didn't get to see this game as uh, real time like you did. So uh, I got to watch everyone melt down in slow motion as I was watching a rock concert. So it was it was amusing to watch the uh, ESPN notifications hit me one at a time. <laughs> and then just the twi- the Twitter notifications just going insane. So it was a uh, it was a whole thing. But I'm doing pretty good. Well, you know, I'm I'm glad you're doing good. I'm glad you had a I'm glad you had a good day. I'm glad everything went well. I'm glad your weekend weekend was good. Was your weekend good? Yeah, it was good. I can't complain. Okay. That's good. That's very good. That's very good. Uh let's uh let's introduce let, before we get into the crap that was DC United's game versus the Wonderful. Uh, by the way, guys, uh, new call-in button here. The lines are not open yet. The lines are not open yet. Um, we are going to talk a little bit DC. We're going to do a little bit of that for about probably about twenty minutes, and then we will let you know when the lines are open. So, uh, Brian, no, no call, no accepting calls. Just politely tell people sorry. The lines aren't open yet. But Brian, you said his name before we introduced. Him. I know, right? Brian, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? Introduce yourself to the people. He's muted, isn't he? Is he muted? He might already yeah. have calls. We he didn't should. want to actually be listen he's a silent partner brian is our new producer uh we are gonna try some things by the way i've already seen some things he's done and our show's gonna look that much cooler next week just from that and that just he he took about three minutes to whip those up so we're we're in good stead it's only gonna get better from here yes yes it's only gonna get better and it's only gonna be more fun and we are going to this we, we are we have tried something new and you guys have responded well to it and we're gonna keep going um did that show up did that yeah did that, did that render good I'm well that that is a that is a perfect explanation john i'm glad you did that because that pretty much describes what everybody is feeling right now with dc united uh in case you probably know uh but in case you don't dc united fell 3-1 to the philadelphia union three nothing in the first half they looked uh pretty much about what we've seen this year um just awful, bad, bad start again for this team. Just, it's like, I, I literally, I don't know anymore. It's like, what, what can you say more about this team and how they play and how you can talk about all the good things that happened in the second half, but it doesn't erase the fact that this team again inside, I think I'm pretty sure it was six or seven minutes. I'd have to go back and look at the score sheet. Six minutes, I believe is the correct uh, time for the first goal. <laughs> yeah. Six minutes. They gave up a goal. They gave up a goal to to start the game um, against the uh, uh, against Philadelphia. Um, it was it came. I'm pretty sure off a bad pass from Moreno, and we'll, and I want to talk a little yep. bit about him because he was he was garbage in this game uh, for for certainly the first half. Looked a little better in the second half, um, but he was pretty much awful in this game. Um, I thought he was one of the worst players out there for DC United. Um, but the first goal comes from a bad pass, a giveaway. Uh, you know. 
Philadelphia moves it up the left side. Uh, Hara didn't, or is it, sorry, be, yeah. So I guess Hara would be on that right side if you're facing the defensive. So he, he didn't do a good job either. Ball gets slotted in. Um, I, I don't know if I want to be mad at, at Brilliant for not playing that ball a little bit better, or I want to be upset at everybody else for not communicating to him that there was a guy running, you know, behind his back that he couldn't see. And basically, I can't remember the player who scored, but he slotted it right in the back of the net. Um, as a goalkeeper, you never want to get beat, beat near post, but that was pretty much a point-blank shot. I don't know how much I really blame Bill Hamid for that. Um, Zero. Yeah, it was a quick rapid-fire shot. He was probably shielded a little bit from Birnbaum as well. Um, so slots in the back of the net, one, nothing. And you're just, I, I mean, I, I actually went to a kicker's watch party and they had like two laptops up. So like, I was like trying to get the like flow FC stream to come up. And like, we were going to watch that while watching the kickers game. Um, and it, I just remember that goal going in and it, 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 it's just like, here we go again. Um, it's like, here we go again. This is, this is becoming just a absolutely awful, trend that this team is enduring right now it's just i don't know what fixes it and the only and the only response i can come to is that it's coaching at this point this team is more talented than to give up a goal six minutes in um against the uh uh, against uh, against any team really um this team should be more talented enough to be to be better than that and they're not and they're giving up goals early they're putting themselves in a hole and early in the season, you know, middle of the season, May, June, they were able to fight back from it. They were able to, uh, they were able to completely, uh, completely fight back from that. And this time they couldn't, and it's becoming a trend. I don't know, John. I know you didn't watch the game, but I'm sure you saw some highlights. I'm sure you saw you discussing. How are you feeling right now? I think we're all. I think we're all. We've all landed at the same the same point we've gotten there different ways some of us took the long way some of us jumped there five years ago uh we're all at the i think this ride is about over now i think we all need to just coast in uh to the end and and deal with it uh if you listen to the post game comments by paul Ariola about uh, i think pablo was putting everybody on the spot saying did you feel prepared for this game did you feel like tactically ready for this game and the pause, the pregnant pause that Paul had, it's it felt like about 20 seconds. Mm. Uh, it wasn't, obviously, but it felt like a long time. It was just, they, he asked the question. It was, he was like, yeah, you know, we were prepared. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I, and, you know, he said, there's only so much I can do. I can only care. I can only worry about my own play and I'm not finishing and I'm not doing the things I should be doing. So I need to get better at that. But, uh, <laughs> So he 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 had comments like that. Burnbaum has no answers. Uh, the team, you know, we don't have any. I mean, they're not blowing up at each other on the field anymore. That that they've calmed that down a little bit since the last time they they melted down. Now uh, but, now they're they're going at the referee. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing every yeah. single tackle, every single foul. You're seeing every player on that field, whether they've been here for a couple of weeks or they've been here all season. They're throwing up their arms and saying, "Oh my God, what an awful call!" and it, it it's what happens in games players do that uh, you know that it, it's what you see a lot of the time but it seems like it's very excessive and it's almost becoming a point where they're clear they're not playing the opposition they're have this mindset that the referee's out to get them it's not their fault um 
So I think that comes from the coaching too. I think Ben's always been, oh, Ben's always been a in-game ref, uh, you know, prevaricator. He's always had, he's always had something to say. So I think that's, that, you know, that's part probably a little bit of it. I, I just think that they are, they're unable to stop their own tailspin right now. I think it's just, I think it's just one of those things now that they can't, they can't steer out of it and they're mad and they can't believe that their season is, is where it is. They can't believe how, you know, a difference of Wayne Rooney from a year ago today where how engaged and a part of the team he was to, to now where it feels like he is playing out the string or not playing out the string uh, until he's gone. And then we've got to retool all over again. Um, it's a, it's a wild, it's a wild drop from where we were at the beginning of this year and where yeah. expectations were. And, and I think that's, you know, that's why it's worse. I think you've been talking about on Twitter, like mm-hmm. there's, it's worse that we had hope. It's worse that at the beginning of this year, we're like, oh, man, there's no way we can't be optimistic after the ending of last year. Granted, they had a really bad playoff game where Olsen was out coached, where the thing that worked all year long, all of a sudden didn't work. And we wondered how we were going to go on from there. Uh, but then this season started well. And we said, all right, well, this was that last season half was who we are. And that's what we're going to keep going. And it hasn't been that way. And because of that, it makes this all worse. And it feels crazy to think, as you and I have been saying, like, there's going to be a major rebuild in this offseason. Mm-hmm. You're going to have you're going to have the major fulcrums of this team gone. You're going to have a lot of salary to play with, but you've got to replace it with something and figure out who you're going to be and what you're, you know, where you're shooting for. What it, what's your what are your goals? How do you, you know, you know, what how high do you want to shoot? How much are you willing to spend and what kind of team identity are you looking to build? Um, you know, as you as you torch this thing and start over again. Yeah, I mean, and and that's basically what you're looking at right now. There are probably like Leonardo Hara is a talented player. You know, Lucas Rodriguez is a talented player. But, you know, I'm almost in the sense that nobody's really scared of this team anymore. And that and in 2018, it was a much different story. Everybody was scared of this team. Everybody was everybody was afraid of what's going to happen and 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 what in what and what this team could do to you and how they could punish you with Lucho Acosta. Then people figured it out. And now there's a sense that no one's really afraid anymore. Um, and it's it's sort of permeated when you watch how teams play against DC. They're just you're going at them. They're attacking them. They're not sitting back. You know, if they might give up a chance or two, you know, they've got maybe a, a goalkeeper like Andre Blake to stop to stop DC. Then they go a three nothing and the game's over and they're gonna coast the rest of the game. So DC plays well in the second half. Um, you know, like, you know, the yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's rough. I mean, I wanted to sit here and talk about. I thought Alejandro Moreno played his probably his worst game. No, not Alejandro. Oh, sorry. Did I say that right? I said that. Wrong. He did. Yes, Junior Moreno. The other. Yes, Junior Moreno. <laughs> he came down. He came down. He suited up again against the Union this time, and he played very poor defensive midfielder. Yes. Yes. Sorry, Junior Moreno was terrible in this game. Um, I would. I'm pretty sure. I'd have to go back and look at who the giveaway was on the first goal. But I know for a fact the second and third goals, the second goal, he literally just completely loses his mark. Now, again, Birnbaum and Brilliant are pushed up. But in that case, Moreno drops back, and I think Felipe dropped back, if I I remember correctly. So your job is to drop back and cover those roles, and you play defensive midfielder. You think you can cover a homegrown player, a teenage homegrown player, and not give him acres of space. And then also he's the first one to throw up his hand. Like, that's offside. And it's like it's like the last resort of like any player who knows that they have just done a horrible job defending as their last result. Like, please, God, bail me out here. Cause I've totally botched this. 
And then there's the uh, the second goal. He like like uh, I can't remember the player is Insigne, I think, absolutely burns him, just tears him apart in that play, and he kind of does like a meek tackle. Um, and doesn't, you know, doesn't even get close. And as soon as she's like, all right, thank you very much. And yeah, I'm going to rough, had yeah. a rough 36 minutes there. He looked better yeah. in the second half, but again, Philadelphia definitely steps off the ball a little bit. They, they know this game is over and they've won. And now they got to think about, let's preserve some legs for next week. That's what you want. You want to win these games big and then you can preserve your legs because you're not Atlanta. You're not, you know, New York city. You don't have a whole infinite amount of sum of money to spend. You are a very much a budget team that is playing, punching above their weight at this point. So this was great for them. They got like three goals, and that was it. Like they were done, as far as I was concerned. So. Yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah. The, I the only thing I really want to talk about from the second half because who really gives a shit as far as the way the rest of the go? Lucho started, scored a goal, did a celebration where he put his uh, hand up to his ear, basically to be like, uh, you know, I've been listening or I'm listening for, you know, what you're saying about me and because he has, and that's, and, and that's what, uh, you know, anything you've been reading from Pablo Maurer, uh, everyone, everything everyone's been saying about his play is fair. Uh, everything everyone's saying about like the fact that he doesn't care. I think that's up for debate. I think he does care. I think he's sort of similar to Wayne. Even when he seems he doesn't care, he cares. He just has a weird way of showing it to a lot of people. <laughs> Some and, people don't buy it. You know, I think, I think both Wayne and Lucho still do care. And I think Wayne cares too. I, I really do. Yeah. I think, I just think there's, you know, there, there's the belief that you care. There've been times I've worked jobs. I've, you know, done something and I, and I've told everybody, yeah, I care. I absolutely care. And I believe myself, maybe I care. Then I think about it maybe, you know, six months down the road and I realize, you know, I didn't really actually go a hundred percent in this game or I didn't go a hundred percent on this challenge or I didn't do this a hundred percent, you know, uh, that's 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 basically uh, how how it kind of feels, and then you suddenly you're like, wait a minute, maybe I actually didn't really care. So, who knows? Um, I believe that Wayne believes he cares. I believe Lucho believes he cares. Lucho need if Lucho lights it up in this last part, he he saves himself potentially another contract or something like. Even if no one's watching, he has at least something he can build on at this point for him. Um, that and was his first goal since the San Jose game. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which was a bit of a time ago. It was the it was before, right before the break. I remember that. And I remember saying at the end of the break, I'm like, man, I kind of wish we didn't have a break now because Lucho's got a goal. Now we have a whole month before we actually have to play again. So I think that might affect him, and boy, did it. Um, it sure did. So, I mean, it's kind of like he holds up his ear and says, I've been listening to what you've been saying. Look at this goal I scored. And I'm like, yeah, Lucho. But it comes after this team was down 3-1, and they did absolutely nothing in that game, offensively in that game, to really, like, really when it mattered. Like, that was a garbage goal. With six, with thirty minutes left, I would have taken. Play. A, I would have taken another garbage goal. Yeah. If, uh, if <laughs> since if they only needed to win, I would have taken another one too. And it was even. It was even. In my opinion, it was kind of a fluky goal. Like I think Dave Johnson was kind of talking it up. He's like, "Oh man, look at that!" You know, it, it was good movement inside the box and sort of his his patented where he has an ability, a really good ability, mind you to be able to operate in small spaces and to and to collect the ball in small spaces and to get shots off in small spaces. But in the sense, it wasn't like he, like, weaved through a bunch of, you know, Philadelphia defenders. He chipped up the ball. It deflected off the defender. It fell right to him again, and he was able to collect it and score, which, again, is a really good trait, but it's not like he burned a bunch of players and everyone's like, oh, my God, well, at least Lucho's back. Look at that amazing run he did. 
Um, he did a lot of other runs a couple times in that game and just completely got pasted. Everybody knows what he's going to do. Anytime he lowers his shoulder, everyone in the stadium knows what he's going to do. Defenders know what he's going to do. He is he is about as one-dimensional as they come at this point. Well, Griffin, you better watch out because he's got a similar, uh, you know, I've only been watching him a little bit. He's got a similar uh, one-note, go down the left-hand side, shoulder faint, left side, cut in on the right foot and shoot. I've seen him do that like 30 times in this season watching him for Loudon and for DC. So, so hopefully he's not uh, modeling any part of uh, any part of that part of his game after after Lucho. Yeah. Uh, other thing I want to say that we mentioned, it looks like Jalen's got a knee injury uh, of some sort. He had an MRI. I noticed that he didn't play. It forces Leo Hara back to right back, which is fine by me. Yeah. Uh, but it would have been nice. Robinson had again. He has his one good game a year and then something happens. Usually it's injury or or, or form. This time it was injury. He needed an MRI, so who knows how long he'll be out. I thought O'Neal Fisher was closer. I don't think he's I don't maybe he's not that close. I know he got his pictures taken for for the team, uh like for like the opening, whatever you call it, the opening part of the game, the video board. Um, but I don't he's not playing with loud and I'm not sure he's actually ready for game time. So he may actually be out for the whole year like was originally thought. <laughs> yeah, I hope so who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, who knows what's going on with DC injuries? Olsen never tells you anything. He's always very much like, and even the injury report reflects that. Um, which Lower body sense. injury. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad, but it's like, it's literally like they say four to six weeks, but it could be, like I remember Lucho was injured and then it was like, he was like probable for like five weeks before Ben actually threw him out. Well, that's what it felt like at least. Like there were like four or five games where he was listed as probable. And then I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, we're, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And you know, never, it never happens. Never happens. Um, yeah, man, I, I guess like looking ahead, you have this game now against Montreal. They play on Wednesday, so they're going to be on short rest, which in theory should be good for DC. Uh, maybe it's an opportunity. I don't know, man. I'm grasping for straws at this point with a, with a yep. lot of, with a lot of this. Their, team. La- their last five games, they've won one, drawn one, lost three. They're on 34 points. Uh, they eighth, lose place. They lose this game on Saturday. They are not making DC? the playoffs. DC. Oh, yeah. DC loses this game on Saturday. That's it, my friends. It's and over. There will be some. There will be some people on Twitter yelling at us for being, uh, you know, being negative or being or being like, you know, jump to jump to conclusions. Matt, uh, the the official podcast uh, uh, stand will be uh, shut up. Uh, we're definitely not making the playoffs if we lose this game, and I don't care. Uh, and then I will be. I will make one of those cool tear-off clocks for my house for tearing down till the end of the season, where I will be very excited to have uh, an option for both a new coach and uh, uh, maybe a new GM and a whole bunch of new players and a new identity and hopefully just a fresh feeling around this team that we haven't had. We had a little bit last year with the opening of the stadium in Wayne, but before that, it's been a real long time, and I'm ready for that. Yeah. And- so, but what we should I should finish the Montreal thoughts here before we yes. get into our real uh, – the real Ben Olsen hours that we need to have. Um, Bohan Kirkich, Kirkich has played one game and has scored one goal in a loss against Toronto last week. Uh, Wilmer Cabrera, again, Houston's rejected coach, uh, who only became Montreal's coach after Remy Gard was offered a new contract or was in negotiation for a new contract and then a week and a half later was fired. So that's cool. Uh, I still can't believe that Bakary Sanya is playing in Montreal. Uh, that's weird to me. He, I just don't know why that's weird to me. And I'm still concerned that Aruti will score goals on Montreal as he has in the past. 
he he is uh, he is still somewhat of a scary source. So Kirkich and Aruti are likely to score goals against Montreal. It's just a matter of how many we score against them. Yeah. That's that's my bad feeling. And Aruti's not having that great of a year, but still, you know. still, yeah, he's a scary player. They're six, they're six four and two at home, uh, which is. I think at this point better than DC's hmm. home record. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it is. And I remember at the beginning of the season, our away record was really good. I think it was we were four wins, two losses, and a draw. I think is the way we started, or, or one loss and two draws or something. And it was like the best in the league away form. And then since then, I believe we've won no more away games uh, since that at that point in the beginning of the season. I think we've won four. So uh, it's been bad, guys. I don't know if you know this. The season it's not been great. Uh, it's bummed me out a lot. Uh, do we want to? So let's uh, let's open up the phone lines. Yes. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. All right. Down so here. hit the hit Down the number here. below. Two hundred two. I'm gonna work through. Go ahead. Two hundred two nine hundred five zero four five four. New number because we had to change some things up a bit. So open up the phone lines. Give us a call. You will listen to Brian's voice. Um, you you will be you will be the first to hear Brian's voice. You get to tell all your friends you heard Brian's voice before everyone else. If you get to be, you the better first one use to call your in. real name. You better use your real name. If you do a weird voice, you're not getting on the line. If you use a normal voice and then use a, a, a fake voice on the air, your number will be blocked. Yes. and we'll just talk to ourselves. I just want to get some quick things here from the chat. Uh, Joel Martin says, so putting aside results in the field, can we talk about all the other things DC is doing badly? Currently, they are easily the worst sports experience in D.C. by a massive margin. Okay. I don't imagine they're worse than the Redskins from a yeah. sporting experience. Uh, FedEx alone uh, will knock them down 100,000 points. Also, their general roster. Also, everything else about the Redskins. So I'm going to put that one number one with the bullet, and it's not close. Uh, and then I think where would it go after that to you? Would you say they're second worst? Would you say they're third worst? The Nationals, the Nationals have gotten better so from the performance perspective. They're still not having a hard time selling tickets mm-hmm. this year. There's $10 promo tickets on the front page of everything. Uh, so, But it's not really a bad experience. Baseball is what baseball is. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think that there are, they're doing a lot of things that hurt the, long-ter- hurt the long-term fans' feelings and hurt the connection to the team. But, and the tickets are probably too expensive, and the food is, comes out slow. But I think I think overall, I don't know. I think they're I think they're about in the middle. I think they're I think now, they're right in the middle. Granted, I'm not there every week, I guess, and I do things before the game. I haven't really actually messed with the food at all this week. Now I remember when I went the first time and I got pupusas. The line was really long, and that took and that took a minute. They've gotten um, worse too, by the way. Pupusas. This is the John Hoffman alert. Pupusas have gotten worse. Okay. I know that you're with me. <laughs> Hit me up on the chat if you agree with. Give me F's in the chat for bad pupusas. Go ahead. I, I I just feel like I just feel like worse is, is prescribing that the that the experience is bad. I still think going there to watch a soccer game and to view a soccer game and to to no matter where I'm sitting in that stadium, I never worry about where I'm sitting in the stadium. I pick the seat that either makes sense to me or looks cool. I just go and I sit and I watch a soccer game and the sight lines are incredible. Just comparing to what we had at RFK, and even if I was sitting in the supporters section with the giant flag waving, I could still be able to tell what happens on the field. I could still cheer and tell what happens on the field. I could do. I, I could still do all of those things. So the the experience I judge it by is like, how cool is it to how how okay is it to get there, and how much am I going to enjoy the game? 
everything else, like, you know, beer, food, things like that are kind of secondary in my mind. So is it a better experience than Nats Park? I don't know. I've never been to Nats Park. I don't think I'll ever go to Nats Park. No, Sorry. we're going to go to a game, Ted. It's going to happen. Okay. If you if you invite me to a game, John, I will go. All right. I already know that I've been to a game at FedEx Field back when it was called Jack Kent Cook Stadium, and it was a horrid, horrid experience. Never going back. Ted's old, y'all. Ted's oh. old with that one. <laughs> I went with my dad when I was young, basically, is what Whatever. happened. Oh. Um, uh, I've been to Capitals games a while. Those have always, It's been a while since I've been to a Caps game. Uh, tickets are kind of expensive. Because there are a bazillion freaking yeah. dollars to buy yeah. a seat. Well, it's, what happens, it, it, it's what happens when you have a good seat. I will say that I think I'm hopeful this offseason. I think they've got some new people in charge. I think the problem last season was that they hadn't hired everybody that they needed to hire to actually do some of the things that they talked about. Is it necessarily good that they did that? No, absolutely not. I, I have issues with how the kickers advertised this season. But is it good that they at least maybe recognize some things were done wrong? Um, and now they're trying to at least work to correct them. And, you know, I've talked with people who spend a lot more time communicating with the front office and talking with the front office and, and talking about certain things. And they're all telling me the same, you know, the same things. Like the team is trying to do things right we just need to be patient with them. And I know it feels like it's been a year, you know, F that, you know, it's been a year. I, I'm not going to be patient with them anymore. That's fine. I understand that, that sentiment, but I'm willing to give them this. If nothing happens this offseason, if it's the they same They got to communicate, Ted. Yeah. They got to they gotta say this to, like, the public. Yeah. Anyway, I agree. I think we have, I think we have our first caller yes. here. So, uh, so, Producer Brian, uh, work your magic. Yes, bring him in. Bring him in. And dead air. This is a uh, you know first first trial here. Yes, uh, we're going to have Greg on the line to Gregory. talk about Wash Gregory to talk about the Washington Spirit game that he attended at Audi Field, which is probably better than what we are talking about with DC. Probably definitely. Uh, hey guys, sorry, I'm having a technical difficulty <laughs> no problem just, no problem just, just one moment yep no problem let's start, let, so, uh, let, let's start with talking we'll bring gregory in let's start talking washington spirit let's talk something good that happened uh with with twenty thousand uh, people Twenty thousand people Nineteen thousand four. was it nineteen thousand four hundred and seventy? did i remember that number correctly that sounds and 741 741 the, okay dyslexia yeah. there dyslexia there but uh basically uh sellout crowd at Audi Field, Spirit winning two to one. Um, the first goal was kind of a kind of a fluky goal. I felt really bad because I really like Ashlyn Harris, and I guess to see that goal, um, to see that goal happen, um, was kind of sad for me in a certain respect because I like Ashlyn Harris. I loved her Instagram and everything, and to see that happen was kind of sad. But at the same time, it was kind of funny. Um, I don't know. Did you have a chance to see the goal? I did. I did. It was funny. Uh, I, I appreciate the, I appreciate the aggressive pressing uh, that was, that made that goal occur. Uh, just to set, to sort of set the screen here. Uh, the fact that they sold that many tickets and the number of people who were likely there to see all of the U S players who were not able to play the fact that they still created a game that was interesting, had multiple goals and was a win for the home team is it couldn't have gone any better given the cards that were played for the spirit and for the ownership that that was the result. Uh, so just that alone, that's pretty magical. The fact that that that's how it played out and the game itself was interesting. 
the second goal, the diving header uh, to score and to, to take the lead, and then this, to write it out, Marta scored a very a very quick-footed goal. That's what she's known for. She is uh, she scores against everybody basically still at this point, even this point in her career. Uh, I think everybody got considering that the players everyone came to see weren't there. They got a good game out of out of uh, you know out of what was there. It's it's great. I hope that more games, more than two games next year, are there. I think that there's no way you can't look at twenty thousand in that in that stadium and not be like, oh, that that made somebody a lot of money. That own, the owner is very pleased with this. <laughs> you know, and I think it's. I think they need to move to Audi Field. I think they need to figure out a way to make it work. I think, I think that DC United themselves should figure out a way to give them some sort of discount, whatever it takes, basically, to be like, please come here and play games here and and have fun. Goodness knows the the DC United is not going to be fun to watch probably next season. I'm going to go ahead and say that right off the bat. Um, I'm hope to be wrong, but right now it's looking like that that it's that it's not going to work. My official position is that they are going to be fun because they're going to sign a whole bunch of new players and have a new coach. So that's my. Well, I'm going to be optimistic about that. You are Mr. Optimism on that. Someone has to be. If we're both, if we both take the negative, the show will turn into a dirge, and we're just going to have to play like black metal behind our. We'll just have a dorm dormier or something, whatever dormumier. <laughs> I don't know any black metal bands. Uh, so, oh, hold uh, on. I think we finally have Gregory on the phone. Anybody? Hey, Gregory. Hey, Gregory. Hey, you can hear me now. I can hear you. Great. Great. What's going on, Gregory? Go ahead. Give give us your thoughts. So, so finally, let's talk spirit from from Saturday. Tell yeah, me about uh, your experience. I know that you had a problem with the lines. Is that correct? Well, it, well, first of all, let's talk about the good stuff first. It was so nice to see at least one team from D.C., it actually played the high press on this field, and it worked. And so they stuck with it rather than give up. So that was nice. It would be it nice was. to see DC United do that, but whatever. I mean, it's so nice to see at least some team do that. So what was on the field was nice, but logistically it was a nightmare. They, first of all, they said, we'll open the gates at 6, and they opened them at 6.30, and... Lines were really long because it was a sellout, and a lot of people didn't get into the stadium until over a half hour into the match, which really isn't fair to them, but that's what happens when you open half an hour late for a sellout. Gregory, did they, have, did, they have the all, did they have all of the gate people there? Was it like D.C. United as far as a staffing perspective at the gates, or was it a little thinner? Not even close. I mean, all the gates were open, but only half the lanes at each gate were. So Got it. it was Hard to get people in. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I heard a lot of reports about that. And... Sorry. No, go ahead, Greg. I just said I had heard a lot of I'd heard a lot of uh, complaints about that exact thing. I was just wondering if it was a an inflow problem or whatever. It was. And... Sorry, what were you saying? It's okay. Go ahead. I mean, you'd think they'd know it was a sellout and plan accordingly, but. Like I said in the comments, like you were touching on earlier, I mean, the logistics at Audi Field, whether it's for a DC United game or something or something else, is absolutely terrible. It seems like the staff don't know what they're doing half the time. They don't even know what the other staff are doing. Like one staff will give you one answer, the other will give you a different answer and yell at you for doing the thing the first staff member said. And really, I don't know if it's training, if it's 
is United's fault if it's staff's fault, whose fault it is, but logistically, it's really bad, and I don't know. I wonder too if when they rented the stadium, they rented the 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 the, the cheap package as far as the uh, the staffing levels. Like they were, they they staffed as if they thought it would be just a regular uh, NWSL game or something, and then instead they got a full sellout of people. They didn't maybe stock. They didn't have enough staff to do food. They didn't have enough staff to take tickets or security. I don't know if that was the problem. I, I, they definitely are going to have to. But even for DC United games, the logistics are terrible. So I don't know. Agree, agree. The the food the food definitely takes too long. The the pickup. I think a lot the of it is the, the concourse. The concourse is not conducive to, to moving people uh, fast and getting food out. Like if you think about, so for me, I'm I'm in 104. I'm up in the upper deck. And if you go to the red and black grill, the way it works is you order and then you go to the end and everyone just stands there. And they basically you yell out what food you ordered at the people and then they take your tickets instead of having instead of waiting till you move. And then they say and then they and then you give them your receipt and then they wander away with it. And then another person comes by and asks what you ordered and to see your receipt, but you can't give it to them because you already gave it to the first person. So now they have to track that person down to get your receipt to see what you ordered. It's just a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, I agree. Is, I agree with you completely. It, it, it's a little bit of a mess, and I, I will say, even when I'm in like the supporters' end, things aren't. Things don't go quite as smoothly. It's very crowded, and trying to get beer is can be a hassle. Um, so for sure. But Gre- Gregory, thanks so much I for calling. Been- Say, Gregory, thanks so much for calling in, man. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the game. I hope Thank the game was at least fun. <laughs> yeah, you have a good day, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Greg. Yeah, at least you got a win. At least yes. all those people that had to spend <laughs> 30 minutes to get into the stadium saw a win. And, and that's kind of the thing. That's kind of the thing, like, with DC United especially, I've always said the team kind of masks a lot of things that are wrong with the team. You know, the, the, these problems, these problems existed before uh, before the team was bad in 2018 these problems with our with Audi field with the sun with everything all of this was ex- existed before before you know before this summer before this time the problem is the team was good and they were fun to talk about and the product on the field was nice you know it's like it's almost like you go to a theater production and you know it's you're really you know it's slow to get in you're in your seat, you know, the food that you're served is not great and everything and everything's kind of slow, but the production you watch is fantastic and you forget all of that. That's what we're dealing with right now with DC. The team's bad, so all of these problems are kind of, you know, manifesting themselves and and growing. All these problems that existed. I mean, let's be serious. The opening game, a piece of the stadium fell on their like TV producer and she suffered a concussion and it's taken her a year to get her to get herself back all over a year in fact to get herself into shape where she's now uh Lindsay Simpson now is doing the Big 10 network i think she's covering the uh either the men's or the women's soccer i'm not sure which um but uh really good to hear her her voice again hear that she's doing well because you would go to her twitter account and it would still be the post that she makes right before the opening game and it's it's one of those it's one of those weird things so uh, really glad to hear she's doing well. Yeah, um, that uh, I, I agree. It, it is good. There's a, a question here from Joel Merchant. 
would it be good or bad for the spirit to be branded a bit more like United? So uh, there was previously a decent United women's team uh, in the interim before the NWSL was back. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I think it's actually good that they have their own unique branding, particularly mm-hmm. because I don't think DC United is necessarily a brand you want to tie yourself to anymore at this point. We don't even do a good job of <laughs> of, of of linking to our own history, and that's the value from our brand perspective. So I think they're I think they're much better off being away from our baggage that exists and just being their own thing. Uh, uh, I think currently the plan, the plan is to come back to a more, more to Audi field next year. They basically said, keep filling this up, keep coming, keep being excited. Uh, the problem is that if you have Wednesday games here at Audi field, it's not going to be a sellout. No. That's not a sellout for DC United. It's going to look, it's going to look real thin. It's, it would be thin at the flex also. But it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna look worse at Audi Field. So they've got to really balance out. I think the I think the idea of having like marquee weekend games that you have three to four weeks ahead of time for each one to to sell hard on, I think is the best way to do it. I think you're really gonna find value for for running it out. But they do like like we just talked about. They've got to make sure that they staff appropriately and treat it like like a DC United game. Don't just you know don't skimp where you have to skimp. Yeah. And also everybody uh, call this number. Yes. Call our 202-905-0454. That sounds pretty good. I like the way that number sounds. It's got like a, it's got not quite the, I always remember the, uh, the wrestling, the WWE wrestling hotline when you used to watch like a uh, Survivor Series and you want to know who the next person running down. It was 1-900-909-9900. And I'll remember that until the day I die because I called it one time and my friend got like a $25 bill on his uh, phone so that we could find out that Tanaka was the next, the next person coming down the ring. So, uh, that's a long story to say. Call 202-905-0454, and uh, I'll tell you who's coming down next in the ring. Uh, <laughs> let's talk. Uh, I think we didn't talk about this yet. Rooney uh, gets another game, which we all assumed he would get, so he will also not play in Montreal. Uh, I, we should mention this only to say that I don't care about it. Uh, there is an article uh, in the tabloids about Wayne Rooney being out again late with his friends and other friends. Uh, and there are people that are very upset about it. Uh, I don't. It was during the after the Vancouver game. I don't care. He it, played. He yelled at the referee. The end. And then it, he went out and had a party. It, it's it's bad timing. I mean, there's no question about it. It's it's certainly bad timing. Um, you know, it's it's the sense that people are getting the impression that he's done. You know, you see him complaining, yelling at referees. You see him getting a red card. You, you know, people act emotionally sometimes, you know, and, and even I've started to question whether he's done until I see him actually display it, I guess, in some sort of manner where he's yelling at the coach. He never, he never yells at Ben Olsen. It's always the refereeing. It's always, I'm going out on a fire burn. You know, he's yelling at the situation of having to fly. But I think I don't, I don't want to believe, I guess, that he's done yet. Uh, He might be. He might be, but I don't want to believe that he's done yet. And images like that, I think, are just bad timing. They don't indicate anything. He did this in preseason when he was in Orlando yep. and he was caught. It, the tabloids in in Britain are awful, and they're more well read, and they get traction a little bit more. I mean, this is this this is the equivalent of him showing up in the Inquirer, basically. Like if if you really want to draw it down, but tabloids get a little bit more. I don't know if it's budget. I don't know if I don't know what it is, but they get a lot of traction when it comes to sports stars. And I never quite understand it. 
Like you never hear People Magazine covered, I guess, as much anymore. Um, I wonder too. I think the funny thing is that they sent a stringer to Vancouver to case downtown club night spots to try to find pictures of Wayne Rooney. Like that, that <laughs> they it wasn't like you know they weren't in New York City. They weren't close. To, they weren't anywhere close to uh, anywhere where these guys work or live. So uh, there's no there's no hiding. <laughs> you can't get out of there. It's you can't get get used to it, folks, because it's not happening for a long time unless they sign Mesut Ozil. And even then, I don't know if it really happens. Wayne Rooney has a following, I guess. He's English, so that that's kind of where the following comes from. I'm not sure if Mesut Ozil will get the same following if he comes to the team, or there'll be the same sort of hounding of him um amongst Probably amongst not. the press and even i i don't even remember Dave was david beckham getting this much like i think I, he kept it kind of i think he kept it very vanilla while he was here yeah uh and and wayne has no interest in doing that <laughs> i mean we've heard i've heard i've heard stories like uh he was drunk on the acela i've heard stories that he was out uh uh forget what the what club he was at like after a red card or oh no in the week when he was sick he was out drunk like i think that's probably true i don't really care i think that's like he's sort of known like that's sort of his rep and he's still for the most part for the 99.9 percent of it can still do the business regardless of what he decides to do on the weekends it's a bad optics thing i don't really i don't really care uh we have more problems even though we're paying him a lot of money and he's he's not really delivering at the time we have we have greater problems bigger fish to fry and the fact that you He's leaving now, so there really is no, like, after this year, it's done. It's almost like, all right, just, yeah, whatever. He's doing this. Does it really matter for the next, like, five games or so that we have to watch him play? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So so, uh, we have some more chat questions here. Uh, I think I'll just let these, I'll I'll just let these live. And if you want to comment on them, you can. If not, you don't want to. Uh, so if you've been following the political speech policy thing, there was a game uh, between Portland and Seattle where uh, they, uh, the Portland, was it, they, were, they were in Portland, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, the fans, the Timbers Army uh, and the other supporting groups have said that they would not sing, play drums, or do anything else until the 33rd minute to protest the uh, political speech policy that the Timbers announced which was basically to say no political speech of any kind. Uh, the iron front symbol is considered a political statement, um, which is the, which is a symbol representing any fascism. Uh, and the result that, I mean, you've been following, if, you, if you've been listening to the show, we talked about it a few weeks ago. And I think we said at the time, likely MLS would just crack down on all signs or, or all, or all sort of sentiments. And that is what they did. Even though the teams uh, exchanged, uh, I don't know what you call those things, those old flags before the game saying, uh, you know, against racism, against fascism, united, and they all like grouped together, which was very much like them trying to figure out a way to contort themselves into the position that Timber's Army wanted them to take. Uh, I don't think that they were, I don't think that they were happy. I don't think that they were made, I don't think that that was enough for them for, for 99.99% of them. Uh, I think that this is going to continue to, this is going to continue to happen. This is this is uh, I, I think it was uh, Kim uh, McCarthy was talking about on Twitter. The team, the league has been marketing itself to suburban or urban millennials 
who for the most part have a political ideology that would, I mean, granted there's exceptions, I don't want to generalize, but generally if you think of like the median person that they're targeting, uh, anti-fascism, anti-racism would be a thing that they would vociferously support and not see as an inherently political statement. Uh, it's not like a, I'm for taxes or against taxes or it, it's something a little bit more foundational, I think, for, for those folks. So the fact that they, they targeted this group forever to build to build the support and build the fan groups that they want to market and they want to have on TV and all in their commercials. And then they run up for the first time between them and what those actual feelings are. And then wanting to express those, they are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Republicans wear buy shoes too. Uh, some families are, are upset by this. So we're going to say you can't do this. It's a tough line to cross. Uh, I think if we've learned anything about supporters groups, in MLS, they're stubborn. Mm -hmm. They are they're they're not going to let this go, uh, and 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 the sort of what they view to be a tone deaf response to their concerns uh, is not going to make them just chill and forget about it. So we we this will go this will go on for a while. This will go on for as long as not all of the fan groups have as organized and as coherent of uh, political messaging as, uh, as, as the Timbers do, for instance, some of them, some of them do um, some of the, some of the teams actually have the opposite problem uh, in their fan groups. Uh, but uh, it's not going to go away. We're the league is going to have to figure out a better way to square this because it's not like they're going to ban Timbers army from being a club. It won't be worth that. They've got to figure out a way to explain the, the problem is their problem is one that society holds right now. Um, saying you're anti-fascist is, is, is a struggle for some people because they can't define fascism or they don't agree with your definition of fascism. And to them, it just means you're against the things you don't like and the things you don't like you're calling fascist. I think that's art. I think that's, I think that's probably the nature of the disagreement on, on the other side of it or that it's a violent group or, or whatever, but it's, it's a challenge it's a challenge to explain that to people that don't want to hear it or don't want to understand it. And the public at large can't do it. And MLS is going to be forced to do it themselves. And I don't, I don't envy them for that particular part as a business. So I think there were several ways that Don Garber and MLS bungled this whole thing. And it starts early, early in the year when there were widespread confirmed reports that there were neo-Nazis and white supremacists that were attending NYCFC games and they were they were they were an active part of, of that field. And maybe the people in the state, I don't want to blame the people in the stadium, maybe they didn't know. But there was, you know, widespread, you know, there's pictures on Facebook of these people. These people are neo-Nazis. There was even there was even a post, I think, of a a sign that they had brought and they had displayed it. And someone's like, that's a neo-Nazi sign here. Here's here showing this is a neo-Nazi sign that they are displaying in your stadium. Don Garber was asked about this. His response was one of the absolute worst responses he has ever given in any interview I have ever heard in my entire life, basically to the effect of, I don't want to regulate what's in people's head, what's in people's heads, but every single person, every single person in the supporters group, every single fan of MLS saw that response, saw what was going on. And we were all like, 
we were all outraged. I was upset by that statement. I I have been somebody who has supported the business decisions that Don Garber has made for this league. This league was nothing before this league was on the fringe of going down before Don Garber stepped in and made some very smart business moves to get this league where it is today. You would not be having Atlanta United buying seemingly every player in South America $15 million. That would not exist if Don Garber didn't make certain moves he made early on to get the league on a solid footing where it could grow from there. That being said, he absolutely bungled that statement. And it's I think it's kind of propagated now that a lot of fan groups are like, we need to step up. We need to make a statement about this. There are white supremacists. There was an incident in Seattle where white supremacists tried to gain access to a bar, tried tried to come in, and it was very clear what they were trying to do. They were trying to instigate an attack, instigate violence amongst the fans. They were very clearly trying to do that. And they were like, no, you are not welcome here. You are not permitted to be here. And violence did ensue from that. And all of that comes when you make a statement like that, where like, I don't want to regulate what's in somebody's head. And I don't want to do that. Even if even if everyone knows they're white supremacists, even if like, you know, there there are people there who we know are white supremacists in the stadium. I don't want to regulate there. You're sending the message that they are welcome in MLS stadiums and it's the wrong message to send. There is a hundred different statements you could give that would have been better than what Don Garber said. That leads us to what ha- what's going on right now which is a lot of groups like the Timbers Army, the um the C- in Seattle, in Atlanta, in you know the amount of the 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 gun violence attacks that were in that were in Texas also has sort of played a role in this. That there's this idea that they put out the statement that said we you know, they decided that rather than saying, "Sorry, we made a mistake," you know, we do not want people who have white supremacist beliefs. We are a group that is inclusive. We want every, you know, we want people who believe in the idea that everybody should have the same act of equality of, 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 of all the things they do their goddamn advertisements about. And they just decided that, well, here's how we're going to respond to that. We're going to say no political speech at all. We're just going to cut it all out. You know, you know, the, the, the white supremacists. And, and then we're going to loop in, you know, iron front and, and Antifa and stuff like that. And, you know, they put out, I think it was the Timbers that put out a statement that's that was basically quoting right-wing talking points about sort of the anti-fascist uh, movement. And I have no trouble saying that. I mean, they have labeled this idea, I think, to try to seem like they're very neutral. And they have alienated a lot of people who are their fans, people who showed up before this league was anything people who showed up at, to DC games, to new England games, to people who show up to Atlanta and they're completely misjudging what their fan base is. And, and the example I use of a fan base that uh, of a league that gets it really is the NBA. They let a lot of their players come out, do statements, you know, do political, very political statements uh, when Trayvon Martin was killed and things like that. They let their Eric Gardner as well. They had uh, I can't breathe. I think uh, LeBron James had a shirt that said I can't breathe. And, and like Comic Sans. Yeah, Comic Sans. <laughs> you remember, you remember yes. that? Well, it makes you makes you remember it more from what I've heard. Sure, uh, that's true. <laughs> but um, so they did all that and they allowed it because they recognize like who a majority of their fans are. And this is not me saying that if you disagree with, you know, with what's 
if you disagree with you know the the a lot of left wing ideas that you are not allowed to watch a soccer game. But we're not talking about that with right now. We're talking about people who are anti-fascist and anti-racist. And if you want to construe your own idea as to what you think those words mean, you think, oh, this is some sort of plot, then by God, please do not come to any more soccer games. I'm sorry. Don't come. Because that is not what the message is about. The message is avoiding the fascism we saw in the 1940s. It's avoiding the racism we saw in America in the 1950s and the 1960s. It is all about this idea of avoiding those messages. And that's really what the message is about. And if you can't get behind a message like that and you're thinking of all these ways it actually means this, it actually means this, then you know what? Please don't come to any more MLS games. Don't listen to this podcast. Don't listen to me talk. I'm done. I'm done with you. Uh, the messages that, that the Timbers Army and a lot of them are trying to get across are not inherently political or they should not be controversial in this day in the United States. They are very simple messages about being against racism and being against fascism, which are which are ideas that I think we all can get or we all can get around. And it's inherently frustrating that this is the position that the league has taken. And this is what they've decided to do to try to play this middle ground rather than recognizing what is in front of them. So that's all I got to say. Funny. I'm done. <laughs> it's funny. You said, uh, don't listen to me if you don't want to listen to this. As right as you said that, we lost two viewers to the stream, which is a kind of hilarious uh, timing situation. If that's, yeah, the reason I, they, if that's the reason they stopped listening, then fine. I'm perfectly I, fine I, with that. It's, it was that. It wasn't that the show has, not, has gone off the rails and we have not a lot of stuff to talk about. It was that. Uh, I, don't, I don't get into my politics very much here, uh, but I think that the challenge is that we've not we've uh defining fascism has been a problem i think for people uh it's become sort of the go-to watchword for for bad for bad person um that's a challenge i think that's that that is where this thing really went off the rails i think and it's been a little bit you you got like the groups actually fighting in the streets fighting quote unquote in the streets that's part of it and then the complete media hysteria around um just total dorks in motorcycle helmets and elbow pads and and whatnot uh and then you have like the general idea about standing up to fascism in general and because words have no meaning in the american political discourse and no one knows definitions to things that uh that automatic it got it basically like became wrapped up in the word like liberal like what if you ask 100 people to define liberal you're going to get 98 different definitions and most of them are going to be wrong and not tied into any sort of political theory or, or, de or dictionary definition. So all that to say is that it's, it's not what the, what people are, what it means is not complicated. What it means is not political. Uh, but I think the the conversation in total and around those things is not, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not set up to handle this sort of discourse. It's too, it's too complicated it's too nuanced and we just aren't in a we're just not in a place for it and joel merchant says i blame don garber for ruining this podcast and honestly joel i i agree <laughs> on this particular one i also blame dc's performance in philadelphia and our lack of optimism that the team is going to do any better in montreal we didn't even give we didn't give our predictions let's give our let's <laughs> let's go back to soccer real quick predictions you're gonna you're gonna segue that back into soccer i like you're that. i did like a like a professional all right montreal uh Montreal free, DC United one season over. I'm going three nothing. This game, this season's over. Woo, Oof. woo, man, nothing. we have turned. 
It's uh, like yeah, negative. So. It's negativity abound by this podcast, and it, it all those people. I've I've been such a, a vehement Olsen defender for so long, and it's 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 almost like I've just veined so hard. I'm just like, just he needs to be out of here, and we need to find somebody else who can coach this team because I'm seeing things on the field that shouldn't happen with the talent that I'm seeing right now. Yeah. So uh, quick, we're gonna and we're gonna wrap up here pretty quick uh, unless somebody else calls in. Yes. Uh, after we've you've got you've you got sleep. four minutes. You got four minutes to call in. We're gonna give you four yes. minutes. John's probably hating me right now because he's like God, he's like Ted. You've given you're getting four minutes to call in, but no, it's fine. Uh, uh, quick notes: make sure you're subscribed to the Athletic. If you're not, uh, Cribs Notes version of uh, information about the stadium. The roof is not gonna get finished. It costs into the seven figures and will take years to com- to complete. Uh, they're looking at getting a transparent covering to block the rain, but not the sun. So if you are currently seated in either one of those sections towards the front, you are not going to get covered by anything uh, in, in a while. Uh, safe standing looks like it might happen uh, sooner than that. Still costs a lot of money. And finally, they have listened to us, not, not to Bruce Arena, but to John and Ted, and they're going to try to figure out a way to tie history into the building uh, coincidentally, that's the only of the options that they want to work on that's free and doesn't cost anything, and that's the one they're going to do. Uh, but we'll take it. We'll take uh, any sort of history. And I want to make sure that I call out our new Patreon, uh, Jen. Thank you for joining us. And uh, and, if- and by the way, you forgot so you forgot some important info about the stadium. Is that apparently the XFL team is responsible for replacing the field? That was yes, that's one pretty big. That's pretty big. <laughs> if you're if you've watched how bad this field has been, but yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Also, it costs six hundred thousand dollars to get a new to new field on. So, this man be mind. paying us, man. <laughs> yeah, just keep that in mind. Uh, and I want to so again thank you to Jen for joining us. Uh, if you want to join our Patreon, uh, we're going to do a lot of more stuff here. We started a uh, a a Discord channel, which we have advertised on our social media platforms. Join that. Uh, we don't really know what we're going to do with it yet, but we're going to do something with it. Uh, so if you're, if you've never heard of, uh, discord, uh, you're like me until very recently, it's basically like IRC if you're old, or if it's like really complicated aim chat, if you're a little less old, uh, so join us, talk about it, talk about stuff during the, during the day when you're at work and you want to steal five seconds to talk about DC United stuff. We are going to start a Twitch channel. Yes. I don't know why, but Ted and I (laughs) are going to start, uh, streaming games. If you want to watch that for some reason, uh, we're gonna we're gonna probably probably play FIFA, probably do Ultimate Team, probably talk shit about DC United as we're doing it, um, and uh, you know it's gonna be weird. So join us for that. I think the the, the stream name for that is like anything else, Twitch.tv/RFKRefugees. Uh, and I think that's I think that's all the things we have going on. Also, for those of you who are Patreons, uh, please go to the page and help nominate uh, nominate a charity. Uh, we said that we would donate twenty five percent of our take for every three months to a charity and we have not gotten any nominations yet. So please get back to us uh, on that quickly and we can uh, figure out what we're going to do with that. Yes. And uh, did you say Twitter? Did you tell people to go to the Twitter page? Uh, go to the Twitter page, which is twitter.com slash RFU refugees. refugees. I'm letting you do go my to... role, man. Come on. Come on. Huh? <laughs> what? I'm telling you, 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 you go... I'm letting you do my role. So you got to make okay, sure you get yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. Well, I just like the part where I tell people to give us more money. Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash RFK refugees podcast, which Ted is now monitoring because I have deleted Facebook because I am very, very with it and cool. Just like the teens. I'm on the Snapchat. I'm on the Discord. I'm not on the Facebook. 
Also, we're going to figure out, we're trying to figure out ways that we can stream this show on multiple channels at once. Not everybody uses YouTube, uh, but some people do. So uh, tweet so us Facebook to... suggestions, anything. Just let yeah. us know where yeah. you want I'll, this podcast on. Yes, we're gonna still do the podcast. Obviously, that's number one. Uh, the name, our you know, podcast is literally in our name, uh, but we want to do other stuff too to make this uh, more interesting and then more interactive. Yes. So do those things. Yes, and uh, thank you all again so so much for listening. You've been listening to RFK Refugees, and we will catch you all next week. Vamos, vamos. Yeah.